Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to this program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. So today I'm really excited. I have my friend Tim Berg on. Tim is the father of a 16-year-old boy. Sorry about that, Tim. He's a former radio talk show producer and current podcast producer, and he's also a news consultant. Most importantly, he is the producer of this show. So giving everybody a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at our wonderful producer, Tim Burke. Tim, thanks for coming on. Sure thing, Julie. Glad to be here with you on this side of the uh, the microphone. <laughs> I'm going to throw some really hard questions on you. My goal is to make you cry. So um, <laughs> let's see how we how we can do with that, right, Tim? Because you know me. I'm such a hard interview. I'm, I'm like the Barbara Walters of uh, podcasts. Isn't that right? Yes, I, I was wondering where you were going with that, uh, who you're going to use, but yes, that's a, a great, uh, great analogy. Yeah, yeah, Tim has to do a lot of editing. He has to edit all my cuss words out and all of my um, my inappropriate statements. So I love Tim, and Tim does not just produce this podcast. He does the She Thinks podcast for IWF, many of our other um, uh, sort of online uh, projects Tim produces for us and is a great consultant on things all about technology and radio and podcasts. So we are all, the ladies are all big fans of Tim. The reason I thought Tim would make a good guess is because I have actually consulted Tim on personal matters. Another weird thing you'll need to edit here, Tim. Uh, not weird personal matters, but really about kids and technology. I think that I have noted a couple times on this show how it's, I've sort of struggled with my kids and video games, my kids and phones, my, none of my kids have phones. Um, and I think, you know, Tim has shared his own struggles with, you know, finding the right kind of technology. So we thought it'd kind of be a good conversation to have um, on the show, because I think this is a common struggle that parents have, you know, when it comes time to considering phones or looking at phones or looking at any kind of technology. Um, this is something that all parents have in common. So Tim, why don't we kind of start off with you talking a little bit about the, ser the the searches you've gone through to try to find good technological pro programs and products for your own kids. Well, yeah, when I'm uh, sitting listening to you do your interviews, I hear and, and uh, feel there's a lot of the same struggles that I had uh, or yeah. had as a parent when I had a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old in the house and some of the things we're dealing with from when to get them a phone to video right. games, to screen time, which screen time kind of went by the wayside in our house after with COVID and schooling. So um, I, I feel some of uh, some of the same things you guys are dealing with. And, and the, the one thing I think is is good is that you guys are thinking and addressing it now. That's one. It's one of these things where I feel like if you, you have to do at, at a young age, a younger age to get the child to kind of go along with it, I guess right. is the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of, it's funny because I feel like there are, I feel like it in everything with, with parenting, there's a ton of products out there to sort of make it easier. But I actually don't agree with that on when it comes to phones um, and technology. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about a product that you found that you've talked to me about. But I also want to kind of set the stage here. When I was looking, and you're right, my kids are younger, um, but not that much younger. I mean, I have a 11, 12, and 14-year-old. And 
you know, when I was looking initially for something, my son was going to take a bus for the first time and he was nervous. And the school district, which you've heard me talk about millions of times, um, is kind of bad. And I didn't really trust them to get bus times correct. So we bought him one of those, I think they're called gizmo um, wristwatches, which were great because you can only call four numbers. It's not like you can, you know, surf the internet with those little wristwatches. Um, and that was perfect. But it did frustrate me that there was almost nothing besides that in terms of like a smartphone or a phone that didn't have like full data plans. And so, you know, I, I remember talking to you about that and getting kind of frustrated with it's like all or nothing except for these wrist phones. So like, have you found like as now you're, I assume your 16 year old has a phone. Yes, he does. So tell me about like, you know, I don't know, the searches you've done before, did you have the same experience where it was like, okay, you either get a super expensive smartphone with a full data plan or like you get an old person flip phone with the big, you know, because they have those like, I don't know what they're called, jitter, jitterbugs or something. Like they have these phones that are flip phones that are made for like very old people. And my husband and I considered getting one of those, but we ended up with the flip phone, or I'm sorry, with the wrist phone, which again, it offers almost nothing. So it's, again, it's either like everything under the sun or nothing. What was your experience? So we went through the same struggles, it sounds like. So we started initially with a flip phone. And yeah. it was just your very basic phone that you could not do much except call or text us or text grandma, text your, you know, that right. sort of phone. And then, um, so that lasted, you know, that suffices for a while. And then as as he gets older and inevitably there's that one friend who right. has, has a new phone and, um, and then it eventually transitioned into a hand-me-down phone, like you're saying. Right. So wasn't the iPhone 10 it was the iPhone 6 right. <laughs> and um and then now it's transitioned to I think actually honestly he still may only have a 7 his he still doesn't yeah. have the the most you know the latest and greatest phone which he kind oh, of Oh you child abuser how could you Right well now and so now he's actually where he's earning money he has a part-time job and so I've said, you know, put the bug in his ear. He's he's very frugal on some things, but others he isn't. And I've put right. that bug in his ear that if if he wants and you know to upgrade his phone, that's on him. But he'll be paying the extra <laughs> upgrade or paying for the phone, ho however he wants to do that. And right. apparently the iPhone Seven seems to still be uh, still be good enough and and uh, and covering all his bases for the time being. You know, I. I struggle though, even at 16, I don't think, you know, kids are mature enough to make good decisions. I worry about kids filming things. I worry about with a full data plan, the access to frankly sources that I don't want them to see. And I know, you know, look, this is where it gets into like, cause I'm like, I, <laughs> I have always fashioned myself a free range parent, but I really screech to a halt on the free ranging. And I don't think, I think most free rangers, you know, are think more in terms of physical freedom to go to the playground or ride your bike wherever you want to go, or, you know, go to the, you know, the ice cream shop down the road or, you know, do some small errands for mom, but I'm not free range when it comes. And I, I, I agree again, I think most would agree that you do really need to monitor what they're seeing. Do you monitor your son's phone? Do you ask to see it once a week? Do you look at histories? Kids are smart. They can always erase that stuff. But like what kind of, you know, I, I think every 
parent is probably a little bit concerned about what their kids are saying. Do you institute any rules or do anything to to monitor it? So initially when he got the phone, yes, there was there was a let we get to look at it, we can scroll through through things and you know that was probably around the age of 14. That was probably when I'm trying to go back. It seems like forever when he actually had the phone, but that was at that age. It was the phone stays outside the room at night. Yeah. And we get to look at it. We know the password, etc. It is trans and then we get to be a little bit older. He gets to be a little bit older, gain some trust. And so then what we said was, okay, we're going to install. We, we, I started doing some research and found some monitoring systems out there for you. Some things that'll monitor his technology, what he's looking at, seeing. And we came across a site that an app that we can download called Bark, B-A-R-K. And full disclosure, they're not. There's no financial interest for me to mention them. They were just the one we chose. So I'll yeah, example. Full, full disclosure, there's none here either. I don't even know what Bark is, and I'm glad you're going to explain it to me because I'm gonna instantly download it but zero <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i want to talk about other things but 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 I, we should be very clear we have no i've we have no um incentive here to mention it so go on thank Correct. you and i will say it is there are some glitches in the app that i'm not a fan of so i'm not it's not going to be singing the you know like yeah. it's going to sound like a full-on commercial for them because <laughs> that certainly isn't the case there are some issues that i i think are kind of clunky with the app but it for the most part uh, does what I need. So you download the app on your child's phone, and the first app, uh, first glitch I think right out of the bat is he it, the the money for the the monthly or yearly subscription then comes out of his phone. So then there has to be something already. Why is that a glitch? <laughs> well, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> comes out I of totally, his. I totally approve of that. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't have the money, you know. But then there's yeah. I get it. So yeah. So that's the first thing. So it downloads that. Uh, you download it on his phone, and then it asks for all the information and the f- permission, basically, on all of his apps. And so now this is where, for us, it got a little dicey because he had a few apps downloaded before, and he's like, well, I don't want this one to show up, but I want that one. Right. And so we, my son sometimes wants to be the next greatest attorney in the world, like maybe all boys do. <laughs> And so we kind of conceded on a few of those. So there are a few apps that aren't being monitored. But the main ones we want, you know, for us, the main ones were like his his text communication. So we see all the text communications. And that's really the main one. And then another one is YouTube. And I know YouTube, I've heard you talk on the, you know, there's kids. And it seemed like as he gets, and here's some, I guess, maybe light at the end of the tunnel for you. Um, it seems like his YouTube viewing is, is going down as he gets older. Yeah. Um, I still, and then I'll still get some alerts, some stuff he must have signed up for as a, right. as a, you know, as a younger uh, teen or preteen. And um, with those, you can put ignore. That's the other thing with this. If you get an alert and it'll show me like a video game that he's watching, Right. I can just hit ignore. I don't need to see this alert anymore. It's just, you know, maybe there was a, a bad word in the title or something, and that's right. not great, but not what I'm, you know, at this age, right. not what sure. I'm into. So it, it'll let, it does allow for that functionality to where if you see something and you're like, oh, this is harmless or something, you can sit it, hit ignore so it won't message, you know, keep sending you those alerts. 
Um, well, you know, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's interesting that you bring this up because I think one thing that people always assume is that you're going to monitor to look for bad stuff. But the interesting thing is, is that, um, so I had a system similar to this for my child's Chromebook when he was attending the public school. It was called Securely. Again, no no interest in Securely, no financial backing, but there was this company called Securely, and you can go in and kind of look at every single website your child has looked at or even searched. So it's not just the ones that they've actually gained entrance to. It actually includes the searches. And I, I will tell you, there's something actually reassuring to seeing what your kids are looking at. So it was funny I looked at, at the time, he was in fifth grade, I think, after, and it was, he started in fourth grade on this program, because this is when we all went virtual for COVID, and fourth grade, so I was watching, monitoring my fourth, fifth, sixth grader, because, um, anyway, it doesn't matter, the point is, so I was monitoring this, and that, what he was searching for was hilarious, it was like, you know, like, Roblox, um, how to get over this bridge, or, you know, how to build the best Lego. Those are the searches. And honestly, the searches were all similarly innocent and really sweet. And so it was interesting. It actually gave me, so I think for some parents, like you need to look at these, at these, um, you know, at like bark or securely or some of these things is not just like, I'm trying to root out any bad stuff they might be looking at. It will give you peace of mind. And, you know, you don't have to really talk. It's not like I talk to my kids every day about, okay, your searches were, you did these five searches. Like I never even talked about it. It was only once when I saw something that, again, had a bad word in it. And I said, you know, hey, what are you searching? And, you know, then they were kind of like, oh, you know, she's seeing everything. But by and large, it gave me reassurance that my kids were really still kind of in an innocent phase and not looking for things that I thought were inappropriate. So, there's a lot of reassurance. I just want to mention that because I do think that some people think this is like spying on your kids or whatever. It's 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 important to do this to know your kids and know what they're seeing. Well, exactly. And I will say we we do the same thing because there's a few devices that we share in the house, uh, tablets and such for homework. Yeah. And he's my son. He's very smart, like school smart, but the the street smart and the like deleting yeah. stuff and covering his tracks he's not the he's not the best at i right. guess we used to call that street smart uh where i would have been that person that kid who was like yeah. instantly deleting my history and everything <laughs> uh yeah. so so yeah so he's not in that so and that's where too like you're saying we i'll see some things and uh, and so i will see the the text messages and it'll message you you know it'll tell you what why it's flagging you know first you get an email and it'll say hey, we've we've noticed this thing and and then it will it'll send you an alert an email alert and then on on my app i download the same thing and then it'll say what they're telling you what's going on with it was it for profanity was it for bullying which i've or health or something and it's funny some of our messages have got flagged that i've read so it's not it doesn't even funny it's pretty sensitive to when uh yeah. when it sends you something and so then i you know so i'll see these or i'll skim through them and i haven't yet at least confronted him on anything i'm seeing it's right. n nothing has been to that level i guess you right. could say of concern of mine it is nice i guess in a way to see that he's going through some of the same things that probably most teens are going through yeah. from disputes with friends and just kind of 
living life, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, I think too, you know, this is a really important time for parents to be more involved in their children's lives and, but also their hidden lives and the lives that they don't share with their parents. Because we know that because of COVID-19, of course, I'm not suggesting this of my children or your children, but just in general, Tim, you know, we know because of COVID-19, kids are, we have much higher rates of suicide, self-harm, psychological problems, uh, depression, you know, uh, anxiety, et cetera. Loneliness, deep loneliness and isolation. Um, you know, it's something I really monitor because I just started uh, homeschooling my oldest and, you know, he's loving it. But, you know, there is an aspect to homeschooling, especially for a slightly older kid um, where they aren't seeing classmates and having that kind of downtime. It's like, I'm with mom all day. And that's why we've gotten him involved in some community um some community things that put him in touch with other kids that he really enjoys. But the point is that because of COVID-19, you really do have to monitor your kids a little bit more. And I am not one of those people who believes kids have privacy. You're in my house. You're, I'm paying for your food. I'm paying for your housing, all this stuff. I don't believe in that kids have any kind of privacy. And I don't think that, I mean, I'm not saying that like, okay, I'm taking the hinges off the bathroom doors or I'm taking the hinges off their bedroom doors. Like I do give them some measure of privacy, of course, but the whole idea of like, you know, kids have a right to complete privacy and that kind of stuff is kind of silliness. It's obviously that's a fringe position in, uh, in parenting groups. But I, I just, I actually think that it is a very core parental role, um, to do this. I'll just tell a very quick story here. I, I have a neighbor and I knew them from, school pickup and we were sort of friendly in the kind of walking the dogs pause for a few minutes have a conversation and he told me that you know they had gotten their 12 year old son of a, a iphone with a full data plan and that child proceeded to watch horrifying things that no child should see at 12 well no no person should see ever and they started to notice some behavioral changes they had no monitoring on this phone and they really didn't talk to him about what he was watching and seeing. And I think out of like kind of horror and guilt and shame, he finally admitted it to his parents. So I'm talking to this man and I just felt terrible for him. And I felt so sad that they had, that this child had seen some of these, you know, extreme pornographic and extreme violence content. And uh, so I said to the dad, I said, well, you took the phone away, right? Cause again, the kid's only 12. Like, what does he need a phone for? And the father looked at me perplexed and said, well, no, I mean, we just, we've now had some conversations and we trust him to do better. And I'm like, what? Um, so I don't, I think that there's, you know, I don't know how you kind of feel about that stuff, Tim, but I feel like you, you clearly from what you've said so far, um, you know, see the importance of keeping an eye on what your kid is seeing. Well, exactly. And and I also don't mind sharing that he sees a counselor once uh, you know, yeah. every couple weeks or, you know, it's a little less frequent than what it had been, but, you know, once or twice a month and the counselor will even chat with us, you know, for a few minutes at the beginning. And one of the things he said within the last year really stuck with me that at the age our son is in, we're more training him to be an adult. And of course we still have rules and regulations, but it's preparing him for his adult life as opposed to, when you have that younger child, you know, that 10, 11, 12, 13 year old, where it's the rules, the regulations, et cetera. We still do have house rules and everything, obviously, but it's, it's, um, it's a different yes. set of consequences and a different expectation as he's, you know, as he's now is 
you know, like I mentioned, working and beginning to do some more adult things. He has his driver's yeah. license. He has a car, um, yeah. all sorts of things. So it's uh, it's a different, I guess, phase in parenting, which it's it's been a challenging transition as, yeah. as far as it is because it, it can't just be the same. Yes, of course, he can still be grounded. He can still lose privileges. But y'all, I'm more training him to know these are the rules. There's a speed yeah. limit. That's there's a stop. You know, <laughs> some of this and stuff. They, and they're there to, for a reason. To you know, there are certain things that I mean. I think also is you know, to people who tend to be pretty libertarian on on many things. You know, but but there are good reasons for helmets and seamless seatbelts and things like that that um that aren't necessarily like some sort of social control means of social control but yeah i i agree with you that the transition is hard i'm i'm approaching that now i'm i'm at the beginning and and it's hard um because it, it, it it's it's hard to give them a little autonomy um a little bit more but i think you're right is and that's really a great statement from that psychologist or psychiatrist to say you're training them to be an adult. It does shift from like training them to not like, I don't know, spill spaghetti on their shirt to um, really training them in some pretty important fundamentals about adulthood. It's a, it's a much, I would say, more difficult phase of parenting. It is. And, and it's funny. We're talking technology. The latest thing that we did is because he works uh, on some school nights and even just in general we and we're not a doorbell you know like we don't i'm not a fan of those like monitoring doorbell type things but we yeah. did set up um it's more sitting in the house where he comes anyone comes in but it lets us know when he gets in because we you know we're both in bed yeah. kind of early risers so we're in bed you know between nine and ten o'clock and there's nights he's he has a curfew on the weekends and i know my parents had a dog that would inevitably bark every time I came in, so they didn't need to wait up. But the dark, the and dog you're still would still bitter about it. Yeah, right. Um, so, but we set this up, and uh, and it works, you know. So yeah. that's uh, and even some nights he works, you know, he'll work till eleven on some uh, nights, and this lets us know when he gets in. So that's the the latest thing we've done that seems to be working. But that again, even for us, it's even house rules that say you clean up after yourself in the bathroom. Well. Of course, that's going to be a, an issue when you have a roommate. If you leave the, the bathroom, a, you know, a, you're a slob in, in the bathroom or, a, you know, a shared uh, living space. It's, it's uh, you know, is your roommate going to want this? Because probably not. You won't have a roommate if that's the case. Yeah, I'm hoping that my um, my sort of personal hysteria about cleanliness and like my OCD about cleanliness, hopefully that alone will rip off on them. Uh, or it could go the opposite way. They could be like complete slobs is like a form of rebellion. Who knows? Yet to tell. But the, again, I think that these are really important things, just how to be an adult, how to be an adult. There's a great book. Uh, one of my favorite parenting books is How to Raise Adults. It's by Julie Lifeclot Hames. And she she uh, actually in the back offers some like checklists of things that you should be teaching your children because she was the dean of a college and she would meet these kids and she said that over the decades as she had met them you know you know she, she met them you know it's, I, I don't know i don't remember exactly the year she became the dean of the student but you know like over you know 20 years of working in this college they started out very confident able to have a conversation shake hands make eye contact and then then able to care for themselves once they got in the dorms to today where she said i mean kids are having like major breakdowns and 
and massive anxiety attacks because they hit the college and they're like, uh, I don't know how to do my laundry. I don't know how to spend money. I don't know how to do anything. What she is was basically realizing is that parents are doing so much for kids. And that's a part of helicopter parenting. You know, I mean, if you're like, if you got a, if you got a, you know, a 17 year old kid who's never washed his clothes before or doesn't know how to make like a simple fried egg, right? Or, you know, even warm up ramen, right? <laughs> Which hopefully, hopefully you're teaching your kids a little bit beyond ramen. But the point is, is, um, is that you're going to have some kids who are launched and are just really, it's, it's a tough world. It's a scary world if you don't know some basics. So that was a great book. Uh, again, Julie Lifecott Hames, um, how to raise an adult. And it's what you're talking about exactly here is that you've transitioned to, you know, okay, honey, let's, you know, let's cross the road together. Let's hold hands to, I am literally, I've transitioned into raising a, a, a kid who will function as a member of society. Um, and again, that's, that's just very weighty, but there is this transition period. And this is what Tim and I are talking about here is this, this transition period here where they're not fully capable of making all these great decisions and you still have to make sure they make it into, you know, they make it into their bed at night or, you know, that they, they are, you know, sticking with the curfew, that kind of stuff. And these technologies help. And I think this is really great because, you know, as much as, as, as well as running this podcast or, or recording this podcast, I also run a program at IWF called the Center for Progress and Innovation, where I talk about innovative products and how they make life easier. And I think this is particularly true for parents. This is one of these, this whole sort of area of innovation and sort of tracking, I hate the word tracking, um, but sort of monitoring really and tracking and keeping, you know, keeping up to date on what your kids are seeing. This makes parenting easier, ultimately. I mean, you know, being able to be notified when your kid walks through the door and not have to get out of bed. That's kind of nice. So I'm glad you mentioned these things. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, and the other thing, like you mentioned, the wash, that's a, a, a struggle where we're, I, I think he can do it on his own. <laughs> But it's one of these where as long as you have mom and dad around, I'm still going to ask you guys to to help with that. So that is uh, that is next on the agenda, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, one of those things. And and you're right, it is a different transition. We're also going through that transition of you know the chores. He at at a twelve thirteen he had chores. Well, as he's older his chores are changing you know now they may involve going and picking up groceries we order groceries you go pick them up they may involve some you know stuff like that is is uh has been a challenge for us and we're dealing with an allowance like i mentioned he's working so he's actually making a decent amount of money yeah and it's like okay well we're not just going to give you your four hundred dollar check and say go you know have at it you know he still has an allowance and even that you know, can uh, can be, be something where we think about, well, what about when he's, you know, he'll, he'll be 18 and he'll be, you know, it'll be legally his account at that point. How will that work? But that's where we just have to trust that we raised him, <laughs> raised him right yeah, well, that he you know, won't I'm go trying, and spend I, it. I'm trying to get the kids interested in this kind of a, a, a project of mine. I'm trying to get my kids interested a little bit in investing. Um, sort of at a young age, because I thought, okay, if so, one of my sons, he's hilarious, and it's so amazing because they're so different. One of them, you give twenty five cents, he's off to the candy store. Like he can't even hold on to a buck. And then the other one is kind of moderate. He kind of saves a little bit, but he often will like go on these, like you know, he'll he'll go to a pizza shop and buy pizzas, or he'll go get ice cream or something, um, or just spend it on something that he wants. And then I have a hoarder, a complete like money hoarder who literally has been spe- saving his money 
since he started getting allowance and he has a ton of money. And so I've been trying to say like, let's, let's think about maybe, you know, buying one stock or buying, you know, let's, let's think about what we can do with it. And I feel like there's all these little strategies. I know parents, many parents don't have time to do this, but there are these strategies that can may, maybe help them appreciate money a little bit more. Um, and so that when they do start, or when they hit 18 and you can no longer control this stuff, you know, that maybe they'll, um, they'll have a sense of what that means. I think too, you know, you mentioned like the, one thing that's hard for me to let go is the constant reminders. Um, is is you know, you mentioned like you know, <laughs> you're you you know you're teaching them these different things or helping he hoping he has more independence. That's been hard for me. You know, like I'm I, like every morning, go brush your teeth. Go. I'm ho- hoping these things become habits um, without my reminders. And I think that's another transition for me is imp- importing to them or imparting to them how important it is that they do this stuff on their own, not with the help of mom and dad. Well, Tim, I know I know you have a, a sort of a hard break here um, coming up here, so we'll wrap up. But I I think that um, honestly we've just scraped the surface of this, and and really it's kind of trans- this conversation started out as talking about you know hey these technologies can help you into a, a frankly more involved conversation about transitioning from parenting young kids to older kids, and it really is it's an interesting subject we we should explore again. We should, and it's one of these things. I'm sitting and uh, you know producing the shows that you do, and they're always very interesting. And it always has me, my you know, heads <laughs> thinking and going as to how I can apply it to the to my life and to our life with our child. So the, I find a, yeah. a lot of these shows very interesting, and uh, and it's one of these things too. Sometimes. I off, you know, I think if if I would have known what what you guys are talking about or what the what the, what the topic is, it, it may have made things a little bit easier. But mm. it is still uh, they're still very interesting to listen to, and I feel like I always I, I grab and try to pull some things out that I can make uh, and use as a, as part oh, of uh, our raising of our son. And and yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> And I've tried to tell him too. Even you know, people think letting their child ride a bike is is a cha- you know you let him out on the bike and you're worried. Well, wait until he has a car and can guess. You know, I'm going to to Jimmy's house or I'm going coming home from work. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it is truly one of these things where I still I hear him. You know, I hear him come in almost every night from work. Even if I'm in bed, I'll hear the door slam or hear something. You know, it's a, just I guess that parental instinct. Yeah, and you can finally exhale. exactly yes yeah 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 exactly yeah i'm not looking forward to that phase in fact i've told the kids that they just changed the virginia law to 18 (laughs) before you can drive and so far they believe me so that's good uh because i'd like to keep them driverless or carless and and off the roads for as long as possible but you know eventually someone will google that and figure out i'm lying so which also lying is a, a i think a a perfectly acceptable thing uh, for parents to do, but that's another show, Tim. That is another show. So, uh, but we will we'll do this again. I think this is a great uh, a great podcast, a great episode um, for helping parents. I know a lot of parents. I know personally, a lot of parents have a lot of questions about this stuff. And again, every parent, you can have a two year old right now, but you're going to face these questions. So, Tim, thanks for coming on and letting us know about some of these technologies. And let's do this again soon. Certainly, the one piece of advice I would also say, if if someone does decide to go to one of these, like monitoring things like bark or there's other ones out there you can google obviously that do the same sorts is to start it at a young enough age like use it as like a bartering chip when they're 10 when they're like say you're getting your child their first phone and that way you'll have every app you know we he already had the phone so for us it was connecting apps and it was this 
somewhat of a give and take that we chose to go through with him as opposed to if it's a precondition to getting the phone, then there's, there's no if, ands or buts and it will monitor every app. And it will also see when they download a new app, it says, Hey, so-and-so just downloaded a new app and, um, and that's not good. That's when you can go go and and confront them. If, uh, if it's an app that they maybe shouldn't be having. That is really smart. That is a really smart idea. And actually, that's something that I'm going to because we're get, we're approaching that phase. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely look at these technologies to get to, to make it a condition. I like that. I like that idea. Um, Tim, if you'd like to include any contact information or if you have a website or anything else where people can, I will tell anyone who's considering starting a podcast or doing a podcast, Tim is the best in the business. So, Tim, is there any way people can contact you? I would say the best thing to do would be to reach out via uh, Twitter, which my, I don't mind giving my Twitter handle out. It's just uh, at uh, and then Tim, T-I-T-Berg, uh, geez, I'm going to give it wrong, at <laughs> T-B-U-R-G underscore 95. So it's just at T-Berg underscore 95, and anyone can send me direct messages and uh, yeah, thank you, Julie. I'd love to sit down and, and do a do a chat regarding someone. If a podcast is the right fit for them, that's the first thing we have to decide. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people out there thinking podcasts are, and they are a great way to get the message out on there, whether it's a, a group or an organization, but it also has to be the right fit. And I'd help you guys decide that the organization or a person or however, because um, I certainly don't want you to start yeah. something that doesn't seem to have the longevity yeah, or work Tim, out well. Tim, Tim, that's important to know. Tim has really helped me as I develop this. He's given some great advice, sound advice on strategies and, and, you know, length and, and, you know, he's given guest ideas. So he's a, he's, he's truly someone who can be a partner in it. So Tim, I am a big fan of yours and I really appreciate you coming on and to everybody listening. Tim is always there, always in the background, making the show much better. So thanks again, Tim, for, for coming on and, and let's, let's do this again. Thank you, Julie. Thanks everyone for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get Bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening.